welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And this week, we got to beat up on some teams a little bit, as long as we look past the Tuesday baseball game. Boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday didn't happen. Wednesday did, though. Oh, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday is the, bas- <laughs> the basketball team played. The was Our Lady of the Lake or Our Lady of some body of water. I have no idea where that is. I think it's in Houston, maybe. Yeah, I, I looked it up. It's at least not the hospital near Baton Rouge. I learned <laughs> that part. Either way, yeah, Tech won that game 99 to 66. It was an entertaining game. It felt like a preseason game, but it was a weird game where Tech could have gone over 100 and just didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, that was a choice for sure. The only thing I want to say about this game is that I predicted on the last episode of the podcast that we would play a Christian school from a neighboring state, or I said a I said a directional Christian school from a neighboring state. Unfortunately, Our Lady of the Lake does not have a direction in it, so I was wrong. I got two of the three qualifiers right, I guess. Yeah, I I just wonder if it's the same Lady of the Lake that established the British monarchy. But <laughs> I mean, it's the Lady of the Lake. <laughs> She's just handing out swords. Yeah, she's handing out swords and <laughs> losses to Louisiana Tech. But And also, on a silver platter, handed out uh, Kenny Lofton. Yeah. Like Kenny Jr. Lofton. Kenneth Lofton. Either way. Chung Pao Kenny. Because of that game, Tech was able to play a game this week because they scheduled. And then Lofton won his sixth straight and ninth overall Conference USA Freshman of the Week honor. I said this in our little chat before the show, but this really feels like cheating if you're able to schedule a Division II <laughs> opponent. Or, or whatever, and beat them that bad just to get another Freshman of the Week honor. Listen, we will take it because he deserves it over any of those other scrub freshmen in Conference USA. They didn't do a thing to earn it this week. I mean, ha- how likely do you think it is, though, that the like CUSA media person in charge of deciding who gets Freshman of the Week was just like, I don't want to do it this week. Just give it to whoever won the last five weeks in a row. It's probably safe. I mean, he's clearly the best freshman in the conference. Yeah, people talk about how work, everyone working from home means they're less productive. They're just copying and pasting from week to week. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, he, he deserved it. But at the same time, I'm also thinking, if we just didn't play a game this week, would he still have gotten it? Or how Absolutely. insulting would that be to the other freshmen who didn't play win the award? <laughs> that would be awesome. There is some other basketball news, though. Due to, well, Tech didn't have to play a game for this to happen, but... We won the Western Division, right? It sucked rooting for UAB, but UAB needed to beat North Texas one time this week for Tech to get the one seed on the West Division and also the West Division Championship. And UAB was able to get that one win and also a second one. So they're now the two seed. By sweeping North Texas, they bumped North Texas out of having a first-round bye, which is a huge thing. All I could think of was that SpongeBob meme where he's like, you want to see me go there? You want to see me do it again? <laughs> yeah. You really I mean, had us on that one. Yeah, I saw I saw the North Texas people we follow were pretty upset. They don't like us. Yeah. Uh, I think that guy's just mad about everything personally, but we'll talk a little bit more about the Conference USA tournament and everything that goes on with that in a little bit. Let's talk baseball first cuz there was some baseball stuff that happened this past week because Tech traveled to Lafayette to play ULL and then opened the stadium to fans for the first time at the new JC Love Field and swept McNeese. So there is good news, but first we have to get to the bad news. Evan, how did Tech perform against UL Lafayette? Yes. Ah. So 
I mean, ULL got off to a hot start offensively. They scored five runs in the first three innings on six hits. Tech scored one to kind of, you know, do something in the second inning, um, but then couldn't string anything together. I think we had a hit in the next couple innings, but in the fifth, Ray led off with a single, and then later Bates and Netterville walked to load the bases, but Matulia couldn't come through, and ULL got out of the inning still up 5-1. to one. So we had some opportunities to make it a game. It just didn't end up happening. Uh, ULL added another run in the sixth, and then Tech adds one in the seventh, but so did ULL. So 7-2, to two, that's your final. Um, really just kind of a frustrating game because, like I said, it, it wasn't like they were shutting us down like they did in the two to nothing loss last week, but you know, we just, we couldn't string together the hits or walks in and turn anything into enough runs to make it competitive. But you know, that's baseball, right? Yeah. I think one of the biggest issues that this team had was that while we did get hits, we had seven hits on the night and UL Lafayette only had 10. The hits that we got came by our end of the order guys. Yeah. Uh, the, the Colt McConnell, the George Corona, the Alex Ray, uh, these are great hitters. They're great at getting on base, but they don't have the power, or at least they haven't had the power so far this year to change a game in one swing of the bat. Uh, Taylor Young went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Hunter Wells went 0 for 3 with one strikeout. Parker Bates only had one hit on the night, and Steele Netterville had zero as well. One hit out of your to- top four guys at the start of your lineup is not going to be a great night for you. Meanwhile, the Cajuns' leadoff hitter had three hits and five at-bats. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's always a bummer to lose to ULL, but they're a really good baseball team, and, you know, next year we get them at home twice, so it is what it is, right? Yeah, pretty much. It it is what it is. It's baseball, small sample size, yada, yada, yada. It still sucks because it's ULL. Yeah. But but what Tech did after that was uh, played with a little bit of fire under them, I guess, when they came back home and played McNeese. East was, like we talked about last week, not the best school that Tech will face all year, but also probably not the worst. Yeah, I mean, they, they were they were picked to win the uh, Southland Conference. So, I mean, that's not bad. They they aren't as bad as maybe we made them out to be last week, I think. Yeah, they're not a bad team, but saying average also feels kind of mean. Yeah. But I know, uh, Josh, you were able to go to a game or two this weekend, weren't you? Yes, I went to the Saturday game against McNeese. And I uh, sat in the, what, left field by the apartments. Yeah. I sat at some tables. Uh, was safe and socially distant from everybody. Uh, it was a good time, man. The field looks, New Park looks incredible. Like, it it looks great. It looks fantastic in person. And, um, you know, McNeese was, uh, they were kind of, they were keeping up with us for a while there on that Saturday game. And it took until, what, the bottom of the eighth for Tech to pull the lead back. There's a big string of nothing there. And, uh <laughs> Got that's to, also that's also baseball, huh? <laughs> yeah, got to spend that time explaining to my my girlfriend about like the weird oddities of baseball rules and such. But uh, it was it was a good time. Uh, it was exciting. It was exciting hearing the crowd get it like pumped up for the tech hits or a tech out or a you know a tech pitcher throwing three strikes and just you know walking or throwing three strikes and outing a batter. It was it was a good time. It was exciting, and I you know I can't wait to actually get into the park and actually sit inside the love shack. Yeah, and I'll say too, even just from watching it on the broadcast, like and listening to Dave Nitz, like even just hearing the the sounds, like cheering after a strike, or or loudly questioning an umpire's call, or you know, you can kind of tell what's happening. You know, if Tech has the bases loaded and you hear the swing of the bat, or you hear the the ball make contact with the bat, and you hear people screaming, you know it's good, right? 
So that was nice to hear because last weekend it, it was just weird, you know, even just watching the games from my computer screen, it felt weird to not have that like noise and interaction. Um, so that was nice to see. And I will say, I mean, Josh, you were there, so you can speak to this more, but I saw pictures of the crowd and I thought that it, it looked like tech did a pretty good job of spacing people out in the stands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they definitely did. Yeah. I, I want to give credit where it's due because the basketball games have been making me enraged lately. Um, but I'll leave that there, but I will the, say the baseball uh, game looked good. I will say there was a very good moment of, uh, I think tech had a fly ball to center field and the McNeese center fielder caught it. And, uh, I heard from the top of the apartment complex, like to my left and like at the top of the stairs, like, boo, you suck. Number one, boo. Oh, man. The center fielder. And I was like, <laughs> Ah, I miss sports. Oh, and man. then, of course, they hit a double to him in the bottom of the eighth, and he uh, didn't catch it somehow. So, hey, the fans got to him. Yeah, yeah. Exciting. And it may have been the fans that got after the McNeese pitcher because this Friday night game, how it started, both Tech and McNeese started as in a pitcher's duel. No runs allowed through the first four innings, not really much doing on either side. And then the dam kind of broke open for <laughs> Tech in the fifth scoring three, 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 and two in, in each inning until the end of the game. Something started in that fifth inning, and it never turned back off for the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean it, it was a lot of just stringing together hits and walks and basically what we couldn't do against ULL. I mean, like in that fifth inning, for example, Corona single to left, then Brantley walked, then Ray gets an RBI double, Young hits a uh, sack fly to drive in a run, and then Bates reaches on an error which drives in the third run of the inning. And then pretty much the exact same thing happens in the next inning. There's pretty much groundhog day out there for McNeese in the fifth and sixth innings. Yeah. I mean, just taking in all the games as a whole on the week when our offense is on, we're on, but when oh, yeah. we're, 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 when we're in the slump, boy, are we in a slump? <laughs> yeah. And tech walks away from this game pretty easily winning 11 to zero. Night two, though, is that's the game that Josh went to. Yes, the game, game I prematurely a... gave a report on. <laughs> <laughs> it was also a bit closer, and really the the only time things ever really felt in doubt in a game. I, I was worried that we were going to yeah. drop that game for sure. Yeah, Josh, you want to take this one? <laughs> I already did, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what happened what kind of game flow-wise? I mean... I can tell you what, like, when I showed up, you know, it was, um, you know, I showed up about midway through the top of the first... And, you know, watch Tech get the outs. And then, you know, I, of course, I get there and they, uh, like, taking some pictures of the ballpark. I'm like, man, I can't believe this. This looks amazing. And then, you know, Tech hits back to back dingers to go up, what, two to one? Yeah. At that point. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to be rolling. The bats are going to be cranking tonight. And <laughs> yeah, it felt like Ooh. it. I mean, yeah, after seeing those two batters, you're like, man, 100% of the hits I've seen in this stadium have been home runs. <laughs> cranking. And I was kind of upset because I really wanted them to hit a homer to me. But yeah. they really seem to favor either center field or uh, right oh, field. Oh yeah, Dave Nitz did say that uh, the wind was blowing out to right center. So if ball, he he said before the game started, he was like, if they get balls up in the air in right field, they'll probably get some help. Man, so weather wise, it was a perfect day to be outside and at a basketball game. But once that wind started blowing, it got a little chilly. And uh, yeah, was it even better to be at a baseball game? Oh, it was <laughs> even better to be at a baseball game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so yeah, McNeese led off the game with three hits in the first inning, but they only scored one run. We got out of a little bit of a jam, but Ryan Jennings, the tech starting pitcher only lasted three innings. 
after he gave up two more runs to let McNeese go up three to two there in the third. So yeah, and after that, it was just boring ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, McNeese had three runs on seven hits on Jennings in three innings. And honestly, to me watching it, it felt like tech was kind of lucky to be in it um, because those two home runs were, that was all tech had done, right? They, they hit two immediate home runs and then didn't do anything for a long time in this game. And neither did McNeese after Cade Gibson came in to relieve Jennings. Um, he comes in and he allows zero runs on three hits in four innings of work. And two of those hits came in his last inning in the seventh. So um, really, yeah, the, the third through seventh innings were, or I guess fourth through seventh innings were pretty boring for you, Josh. Sorry about that. Yeah. But even just looking at the tech bats, we got the two homers on the first. And then the second, there are no hits. The third, there's one hit that gets left on base. And the fourth, there's one hit. The fifth, there's one hit. The sixth, there are no hits. The seventh, there are no hits. And in this time, McNeese goes from down two to one to up three to two. Thanks to in the third inning, they put across a couple of runs. Going through this game, you get to the bottom of the eighth inning. Tech is down by a run. We know bats. And one of the things I love about baseball is it's never over until the final strike, until the final pitch, until the final out. But when you're down by a run over that long period of time, it just feels like you can't score. You can't do anything. Yeah, I feel like as a newly as a newly reminted Texas Rangers fan, I'm supposed to feel some twinge Your of uh, twinge of regret or or sadness <sighs> about that final pitch comment. But um Yep. yep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Shout out to the Rangers for opening their stadium for vaccinations. Anyway, I mean, Josh, you were there, right? There was just nothing going for Tech for like a good five innings. I mean, there, right? we, Tech couldn't get anything going. I mean, they'd maybe get a, like a hit or two and get somebody on base. But, oh, man, they were just leaving people on base. And I was having flashbacks. It was it was a lot of gross, like nothing from Tech on the batting end for a while but the biggest issue in this game too was the the extra base hits tech was able to single a few times in those innings those hits that i mentioned in those intermediate innings were singles yeah on the night tech only had three doubles those two home runs in the first inning no triples the rest Mm -hmm. were singles so they were able to get somebody on base and you couple that with a walk and maybe you get someone in scoring position where a single can score them but if you're playing small ball and you don't even get the extra base hits, then it's going to be a tough night. But then in the eighth, we have uh, still never walks on four straight balls to start the inning. Then uh, Philip Matulia doubles to left field and then Garcia doubles to center field. Two of the three doubles on the night right there. And that scores beautiful. Uh, Matulia and Netterville. And, and yeah, Gar- Garcia's got the two RBIs. He had the ends up being the winning score, uh, the winning runs. But yeah, what what happened on that play, Josh? Because I didn't see that um, fly ball, right? It was a fly ball to center field. Like fly ball said. to center field. And from my angle, uh, number one for McNeese, the center fielder, he was kind of running towards his left, you know, running across the field to try and dive and catch it. And from my angle, I thought he actually caught it. You know, he like hit the ground and like the ball hit the ground. I thought he maybe caught it or something. I was like, oh, that's a shame, but like you know, I think we only had what one out at that point, maybe or no outs. Yeah, no outs. At that no point. Out. Yeah, I was like, ah, that's a shame, but yeah, we still got two runners in scoring position, you know. But uh, like they, the you know, Tech kept running the bases, running it in, and I'm just like, okay, I guess we, I guess it bobbled <laughs> or it hit the ground. I'm like, okay, we're up two now. Like, let's go, let's get excited. Yeah, D- Dave Nitz didn't seem very sure about what happened either, honestly. 
like I couldn't see his glove or the ball at that point. All I saw was a man diving, you know, or like along the ground. And it's hey, okay, we'll take it. I thought they were gonna either call it back or I, I don't know how they review plays in baseball. I'm baseball is like my least knowledgeable sport. So I think they do, do they? So the umpires can get together and change the call on the field. And in conference USA play, there's no video review, but in some conferences, including the SEC, there is. So, so I want to take a look at the film or anything. Yep, here. I didn't see the umps gather. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see anything happen with that except for uh, I think Ms. McNeese changed pictures after that. I believe maybe. Yeah, they that, did. That was probably yeah. a long time coming when you when yeah. you walk the leadoff batter on four straight balls. Mm-hmm. You should you should start warming somebody up pretty much immediately. And then it was a walk, two doubles, and then the pitcher got pulled. Yeah, that pretty much ends out the inning. There's the new pitcher caused a a fly out to right field and then struck to uh, struck out Corona and Ray to end it, end the inning. Um, but ultimately four to three, that was all we needed. Uh, McNeese, you know, they threatened a little bit in the top of the ninth, um, got two runners on base on one hit and there was an error as well. But ultimately um, Olette was able to come in and close it out and get the save. Um, so tech wins this one, four to three. I, that ninth inning was scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a little nervous that one you, you have a leadoff single on, on a two strike pitch you have a ground out that advances the runner to second you only need one run if you're mcneese here then an opportunity for an out but you have an error on the third baseman gets another guy on base then the wild pitch moves the runners up to second and third and you've got two runners in scoring position oh and it was obergon who was up oh shit that yeah. guy was incredible this weekend yeah. obergon he it, I mean, he hit like he had probably had like ten hits across all three games. Just it it felt like it was about to fall apart. It yeah. felt like Tech finally, after struggling all game, finally puts across two runs to take oh the lead, God. and now we're going to blow it. And yet yeah. we didn't. The guy who was up to bat in the in the ninth with runners in scoring with two runners in scoring position, two outs at that point in the game, he was four for four. Just so just so we're clear. Ooh. So shout out to Olette for getting him out because. He was four for four in this game up until that at bat. And that was the first time he got out. So I didn't even realize how scary that was. Yeah. Let's go ahead and, uh, and, and move on to game three here. Cause we've got a lot to get to still. So yeah, we can actually um, jump through this very quickly because this was the yeah. closest or the farthest from the closest game <laughs> all week, really. Well, it gets technically, especially. technically we won game one by more, but. But yeah, Nathan, take us take us through this game as fast as you want to. Yeah, so Tech scores five in the first, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they score I mean, more later. But after going up five nothing, uh, they never looked back. We could have won five to four. You're right. So, <laughs> we, <laughs> I mean, Jarrett Wharf struggled a bit early. Uh, ends ends of the night giving up seven hits, but only one earned run. He, he's able to hit get himself out of a couple jams, and McNeese just isn't able to put a run across until the third, and then not again until the seventh. And by the seventh, this game was was over it was 11 to 1 at that point yeah and, and so. i mean really wharf ended up going six innings so you said he started out pretty rough which he did i mean he, he gave up the one run and there were a bunch of hits early but he he settled in a little bit i thought and ended up i guess he gets the win we learned um because he went all six innings right so <clears throat> but then the bullpen i mean ellis came in first and he comes in in the seventh and gave up three runs on four hits and loads the bases up before they tech pulls him and brings in Martinez, who comes in to get the final out. But uh, that made it a little bit more interesting. And certainly if McNeese had like 
hit a grand slam at that point, you know, it would have been 11 to eight. So it would have been a lot more interesting going into the final two innings. But um, luckily tech gets out of that jam and, you know, ends up winning in eight, which I didn't know was a thing, but so what happened there? Can you explain that to me? Yeah. So most of college baseball follows the 10 run rule when you're talking about the Sunday or really the last game of a three game series McNeese's doesn't have to travel far to go, come to Tech, but if we're talking about when we were supposed to invite Illinois to open the new ballpark, games with a lot of runs, especially a lot of runs by one team, end up taking a lot of time because you have pitching changes just to try to keep the game from getting way too out of hand, and then you're not getting outs, so the game keeps going. I'm not sure how long the rule has been in place, but after the seventh inning, if a team is up by 10 runs or more, then the game is called there. So Tech extended their lead to 11 right? Yeah. Or no, to 10. To 10. And yeah. then the game was called in the eighth inning. That's, yeah. I, so. I get it, but that's like such a weird rule in college <laughs> baseball to me, at least, because like I've seen a team go up like, what, six, eight runs in an inning in college baseball? It, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like it because it goes against the... It's not over till the last pitch thing. It's, yeah, exactly. That's that's the part of it. I, I've talked about uh, MLB stuff a bunch, but following the Nats when they won the World Series earlier in that year, they played the Mets and they were down six going into the bottom of the ninth and won the game. Things yeah. happen, and that's MLB. Things get even crazier in college. Ten runs can be scored in an inning by a college team. It, it It's not likely, but it happens. So I'm not a huge fan of it, but it helped Tech here, so that's all that really matters. <laughs> and Tech wins this game 14-4. to Tech is now 7-3 and on the season. The three losses, they were on the road to teams that are currently in the top 25, so we can't really feel too bad about that, I don't think, at least. Yeah, I mean, obviously we want to we want to pick up those wins too, but like it's not the end of the world that we lost those games. It just hurts our pride. Yeah, it, especially because those ranked teams are who they are. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and one hurts much worse than the other. Yeah, it also kind of hurt to watch Parker Bates this weekend a little bit. Tech's possibly best player on the team, uh, one for twelve at the plate with only one RBI. Just not not his. His yeah, best week. He'll, he'll get back into it. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, for sure. I mean, small sample size, right? <laughs> yeah. It covers drink. Everything. Hey, listeners at work or in the car, drink every time you hear us say small sample size. Small sample size. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but I mean, as far as, you know, the players that did really well this week, I mean, there's a few, um, you know, Hunter Wells, one of our leadoff hitters, one of our one of our top hitters, batted 571 this weekend against McNeese and drove in four runs. But and uh, and Taylor Young too had a good weekend. He batted 455 and drove in five runs. But really, I mean, Manny Garcia is the guy this weekend, right? He had the game-winning RBIs on Game Two, the only game that was even close, and he also hit a home run in Game Three. I think he he had had five hits and eight at bats. So that's 625 average and then drove in six RBIs with those five hits. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good weekend from Garcia, especially considering I don't even think he really played in game two until he came in to, to pitch hit and got that uh, game winning double or whatever it was. So yeah, that was your player of the week. Yes. Oh yeah. We're doing players of the week now. That's my player of the week. Garcia. Yeah, my, the guy I'm picking this week to be the player of the week, almost because I just have a spot, soft spot for relief pitchers, is Cade Gibson. Because the one oh, yeah. game that was in doubt for Tech was that Saturday game. And the starting pitching 
Brian Jennings on the mound struggled three innings, gave up three runs, seven hits, and Tech needed someone to come in there, settle things down, provide some innings, and especially with the bats not waking up for several more, keep the lead from getting any worse. Because I'm, if McNeese scores another run in this game, then I don't think Tech can come back even with that bottom of the ninth that they never played. Cade Gibson comes to the mound after Ryan Jennings, and Gibson's uh, still trying to, I guess, rectify his his sins against LSU. That one inning where he gave up four earned runs. Uh, he also gave up an earned run at ULL this past week. Uh, but he pitched four solid innings, only giving up three hits and no runs and six strikeouts and settled everything down. Ratek could get into a groove, at least from the mound and on defense, and allow t- the bats time enough to wake back up. So he gets my player of the week. Ooh, uh, see, my player of the week will be uh, <clears throat> McNeese Baseball's uh, number one, Peyton Harden, the center fielder who <laughs> missed catching that double. Uh, nice. Catching that out, the fly ball to the center field and allowing Tech to clutch and win that uh, Saturday game. Nice. Also, just just for reference, that guy, um, Obergon, I think, Trey Obergon was his name. Mm-hmm. He was nine for 13 on the weekend. So that, I mean, him being <laughs> up there in the in the – Top of the ninth, down one run with two runners in scoring position, and Tech getting him out. Yeah, shout out to Olet. He he gets my honorable mention for Player of the Weekend, even though that's like the only thing I know that he did. Hey, shout the McNeese has a hitter. That guy can hit. Yeah, he, he can hit. Yeah, he's their DH, so I guess that makes sense. And, and Tech will face some more hitters this week, especially this weekend, uh, when the Bulldogs welcome Arkansas to the Love Shack. But first, they travel to Monroe to take on ULM. On Tuesday night, uh, let's go through the Warhawks really quickly. Their RPI is 184. They're ranked number 143 in Massey. So far this year, they're 4-3. and three. Most of those games are kind of coming against middle-of-the-pack teams. Mason Holt has been their best overall hitter so far, but their best home run hitter is a guy by the name of Ryan Huminiuk. Huminiuk? Huminiuk. Something like that. Huminiuk. 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 Their best starter on the mound is Cam Barlow. He's only allowed one run so far this year. But when it comes to relievers, they've only had six that have faced at least five batters this year. That being said, though, reliever Reed Goldman has only allowed one hit this year, and he's pitched, I believe, four innings. Oh, wow. Four innings, one hit, and that one hit was a triple. Woo! Huh. Weird. That's a very strange stat. (laughs) Very weird. Cam Barlow. uh, He didn't start last weekend, so he might, we might see him. Yeah, he he started last Wednesday against Grambling, so he may be there. He may be their midweek guy because he started, his last game was against Grambling last Wednesday, so uh, we may see him actually. After Tech plays ULM, here comes the big moment. Tech welcomes to the Love Shack the number one team in college baseball, Arkansas. Woo! Excellent. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. I mean, so right now we're six and zero at the new Love Shack. If we if we are nine and zero after next weekend, oh my god, what are we doing to celebrate? Because shots, shots. Yeah, well, yeah I'll, I'll do. Yeah, we will do shots live on the podcast on Sunday night when we record this before we, we all to go to work. Podcast. <laughs> Need birthday shots for me. Let's do it. 
Oh shit! Yeah. Is, is next weekend your birthday? Yeah, next next uh, Sunday. Oh, uh, next Sunday. Okay. Well, we can record a different day if you want. Oh. My birthday's <laughs> my birthday's on Thursday, so I get to celebrate Tech losing in the first round of the conference tournament. Well, my, my birthday, birthday is in another six months, so. <laughs> well, at least Evan and I can uh, use our birthday wishes to root for a sweep of Arkansas. It'll, yes. it'll be a tough feat and may require more than one birthday wish because <laughs> Arkansas, the Razorbacks, their RPI right now is number two, which is weird. RPI is kind of weird right yeah, now. But they beat early. number 11, Texas Tech, number nine, TCU, and they swept uh, number 31, Southeast Missouri so far this year. They've beaten some good teams. They're not number one by accident. Yeah. Or are they? <laughs> What's not number one, though, is their, their stats website that they host on their athletics page because... <laughs> They're the one team that Tech plays this year that breaks my my script that gathers stats. Mm. But the guys to watch on this team, though, number uh, their first baseman Brady Slavens. It's probably their best hitter when going by OPS. His OPS is one point one five, which is good. But Tech also has some guys that that are that are much better bats. Uh, Cole McConnell and Philip Matulia both have OPS uh, on base plus slugging numbers that are higher than that. Um, yeah, but we also haven't played the number 11, number 9, and number 31 team in the country, so I don't know. That's a I fair mean, point. That's a good point. I mean, we have played good teams, don't get me wrong. The teams we've played have not been awful or anything. Uh, even, even Southern is okay, right? So Yeah, and Seth, so at this point of the year, is more who's hot than who's better. Yeah. Parker Bates is so still weird. probably the best player on the team, but he's sixth right now in OPS on the team. Yeah. Uh, baseball, man. Yeah. Imagine if you played it like football, where you only played twelve games. That would You'd be have a much different horrifying. idea of how these teams. We'd be almost are. done. We're seven yeah. and three. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. That's a pretty good football uh, year, I guess. Seven and three. I would definitely feel for that kind of record next year. Yeah, and the Razorbacks have a, a probable record-setting pitcher and Peyton Pallet. Their their best starter with he's pitched three games and has had twenty six strikeouts. Twenty six. Oh my God, Peyton Pallet! I don't. What does that sound like? What does that make you think of? It Peyton Pallet. Think it's some wooden pallets at the back of a fucking Walmart somewhere. I don't know what it's like. I feel like I know that name from somewhere, but obviously I don't. But I don't. I don't know. It's just a weird name that's making me oddly reminisce about it something. Think of Ryan Mallet, the Arkansas yes! quarterback. Yes, that's what it is. That's exactly who it makes. Ryan Mallet, Peyton Pallet. <laughs> Anyway. so weird that he went to arkansas too yeah anyway yeah i mean god i would love to steal i would love to win this series man two games i mean uh, it, it seems like we're lucky to win one i mean obviously it's in our home stadium we've beaten arkansas at home in the last couple of years right yeah we hosted them a few years ago so last year we played them in fit or no 2019 excuse me we played them in fayetteville uh we went one and two in that series then we played them two games at home in uh, 2017. We won one and lost one. And then in 2016, we won the one game we played against them. So in Fayetteville. So, you know, shout out shout out to them, too, for coming to Ruston for a three-game series. That's pretty cool. They obviously didn't know they were going to be the number one team in the nation, but it gives us a little bit of clout, right, to host the number one team in the nation for a out-of-conference three-game weekend series like what a way to what a way to open up the stadium. Yeah. We'll talk about this next week, but we also host the number four team in the nation, Ole Miss, right after this Arkansas series. So I mean, just a big, big week for tech baseball coming up here starting on Friday. 
no disrespect meant to ULM, but, um, you know, kind of disrespect meant, but, um, think about them that much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll do our predictions later and we won't forget this time. Yes. But now we have another whole sport to talk about at the end of the show. That's basketball. Long episode. Yeah. Yeah, We'll see if I can cut this one down to under an hour. The men and women are both in the Conference USA tournament this year, which is good because every team makes it this year, but both teams would have made it even if they shaved off the bottom two like usual. Uh, Let's talk about the men first. Uh, Tech is the number one seed in the West, like we talked about earlier. Thanks, UAB. Oh, no! Yeah, shout out UAB. Uh, Only time you'll hear us say that. Yeah, and that means that we're automatically in the quarterfinals. That's what our first round bye gets us. Really, it's two round buys because we're not in the play-in, but whatever. We'll play our first game on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Central on Stadium. Happy birthday to me, hopefully. The semifinal and final games are on CBS Sports Network. So no ESPN Plus needed for us here. The possible opponents that Tech will play are either the number four seed coming out of the East or the number five seed coming out of the West, FAU or UTEP. Uh, That game between those two programs will be on ESPN Plus the night before. Uh, Tech has not played FAU so far this year, uh, but they have played UTEP back in late January and one of the few schools that Tech split against. Yeah, I think I'm much more worried about playing UTEP than FAU at this point. I'm yeah. definitely more worried about UTEP. Yeah, I mean, I mean for sure. I don't know much about FAU, to be real honest. Um, they're, they're not super high ranked in Ken Palm, from what I can tell. Well, they rank out as the fourth best offense in the conference with an effective field goal percent of 53.8. Tech, for reference, is sixth best at 51. And then their defense is also fourth best. So, I mean, they're a pretty good team, I guess. Tech, for reference, is the first best defense in the conference. So, I mean, the issue with FAU is that they haven't beaten anybody with a sub 200 Ken Palm ranking. And yeah, they've, yeah. they've lost to seven. They got swept by UTSA. They got swept by Old Dominion. And they haven't really played anybody else inside conference play. But UTEP, on the other hand, yeah, they also have the 14th ranked, so last ranked conference strength of schedule, whereas Tech has the second best. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and UTEP, on the other hand, whatever their conference schedule, strength of schedule is, they play North Texas, they play Tech. They also, out of conference on Thursday, on the 4th, played Kansas, number 22, Ooh, and only yeah. lost by five. That's a scary kind of yeah, result they were, from that game coming into they the were tournament. Up too yeah they were they were in that game from what i saw and i mean we kind of yep. joked about playing gonzaga last week if we had lost to gonzaga by five instead of beating our lady of the lake by 33 or whatever uh i think that would be a much better you know sign for me that we were ready for things than beating old our lady of the lake or whatever but in those previous games against utep it was late january so tech i think in February, I really think Tech found their stride, but in late January, we lost on Friday night out in El Paso, 82-74, to and what we said about that game when it, when it happened, I went back and looked at our notes, was that the second half felt like we were stuck in a time loop. Tech would have a good play that might build a little bit of momentum, but then we'd just miss our next three or four shots, um, and we were just down by eight perpetually, right? We never got it within... Uh, closer than eight in the second half, and we ended up losing 82 to 74. So the only thing that kept us in that game was that we out-rebounded UTEP by 14, but UTEP outshot us by 18%. They shot 50% from the field, and we shot 31%. So, 
or 32%. So pretty rough shooting night for tech. And that's, you know, that could happen at any point, right? Hasn't happened mm-hmm. lately, but it could happen at any point. So it's a little scary. Yeah. And, and to kind of go over what these teams are good at, uh, UTEP is kind of an average team across the board when it comes to a lot of their, their shooting numbers and, and things like that. They, they are able to gather turnovers and, or really more, they're able to prevent them on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, meanwhile, the other team that we're talking about here, FAU, they actually make Tech look like a good free throw shooting team, which is kind of fun. <laughs> uh, but they're really great at grabbing defensive boards. That's what they really excel at, number 19 in the country. Uh, interesting. Yeah, and just for the record, that UTEP Florida Atlantic game, Ken Palm has a 62% chance of UTEP, yeah, UTEP winning the game 70 to 67. So it looks like, you know, UTEP is the more likely of our opponents, which is interesting because UTEP's overall record in the conference is eight and eight and Florida Atlantic's is seven and five. So I guess, you know, it looks like FAU had some games canceled or postponed and never made up or whatever. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but Ken Palm seems to think UTEP's got it locked up. So we'll make our tech centric predictions in a little bit, but who do y'all think wins that game? UTEP sounds like the favorite, and that's who I'm going with. But do we think that FAU pulls the upset? I got to go with UTEP on that one, man. They seem like they've also found themselves recently, even though they didn't beat Kansas. Uh, they were in control of that game for a good while. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about FAU not beating a team that's sub-200, uh, they did beat Charlotte, who's 184. But, yeah, that's they haven't even played anybody that's, like, above 150. That's crazy. Because we've got four, four or five teams in our conference who are in the top 100. It's tough to say because they haven't been tested like that, but they did, you know, in the in the games against UTSA, they they got swept, right? And UTSA yeah. is the only the highest ranked team they played at 167. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I got to go UTEP too because they seem like a more proven entity, even though they went eight and eight in conference. Yeah, and so if Tech is able to survive either UTEP or FAU. They will advance to the semifinals on Friday, March 12th. That game will be played at 2 p.m. Central on CBS Sports Network. And there are four possible teams that take a play in this game. Uh, Middle Tennessee and FIU will play in the, the play-in games on Tuesday. The winner of that plays North Texas, and the winner of that game plays Old Dominion. And the winner of that plays Tech. So it's, it's most likely just through odds that Tech plays ODU, and then the next most likely is North Texas, and then Middle Tennessee and FIU or somewhere down the road after that. But I do want to talk a little bit about North Texas and Old Dominion for a second. Uh, North Texas is a team that Tech has faced and split in Denton in a huge a season-defining moment for the Bulldogs. Yeah, and, and I mean, we really could have won both of those games, I felt like. But yeah, North Texas at the time, I think, was the, the top of the conference in terms of Ken Palm and record in our division anyway, since we're doing divisions this year in basketball. But Tech goes out and and wins sixty eight to sixty three um, on Friday night. Loses fifty seven to fifty five on Saturday. It really felt like we could have stolen both of those games um, in Denton, but they've got that JV and Hamlet guy who we really held him in check this year. But last year he went off on us, so I'm scared of him always. But North Texas kind of seems to be falling off a little bit lately. They've dropped their last three games, including the two against UAB that. If they win both those games, they win the division and win the number one seed, but they lost them both, so they're the number three seed. So I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe UAB's just better than we think they are, or North Texas is falling apart at the end. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's the big question mark right now. 
for the mean green. They lost their last three games, but their last three games came against the top 100. Yeah. And so what they'll play in the first round against Middle Tennessee or FIU, they'll get a bounce back game. They'll get a chance to play a team that's not top 100 in the country to kind of find their footing again before playing Old Dominion. But they've shown to be a scary team when they're not struggling down here, down at the stretch. Still 46 in the country at three-point percentage, 29th in the country at two-point percentage. Just lots of green across the board when you talk about this team. And also, they're playing down the road in Frisco from their campus. They travel the, yeah. the shortest distance out of any of these teams. So that may also play an advantage for the main green. Yeah, and they, they've got the the third-ranked offense in the conference in terms of efficiency and the fifth-ranked defense. So, I mean, that's a potent combination, right? And, and we've seen them up close and personal. And, you know, gosh, I hope that MTSU or whoever they end up playing in that first game knocks them off because I would love to not see them again. Yeah, that that's my thought right there, too. I'd almost rather see them uh, lose to Old Dominion than see North Texas again. Because Ooh. Old Dominion I don't know, is an man. interesting team. I, I don't know much about their team, but looking at their schedule, they split with Western Kentucky on the road. Um, so did we, right? And really similar games, honestly, it looks like they won 71 to 69 and then lost 60 to 57. So really close games both times. Um, they split with UAB on the road. They split with Marshall at home, which Ken Pop loves Marshall. I'm not sure why, but they do. But then they also split they really with do. Rice and FIU. And they open the season, open the conference season with a loss away to FIU. And FIU is terrible. But that was going backwards in time, right? So they've split with Western Kentucky, split with UAB, and split with Marshall. That is all since February started. So, like, they seem like they're pretty good, right? Here's why I'm not as scared about Old Dominion. I mean, I, I would rather play... FIU or Middle Tennessee or just be handed the championship on a silver platter. But Old Dominion, the thing that scares me about the tournament are teams that get hot from three. Okay, yeah. That, that is my biggest, hugest, scariest thing. That I'm a having team flashbacks to losing to fucking Texas State in 2012 oh, and the, uh, or 2013 in the uh, Vegas tournament I was at in the opening round. Yeah, they just literally could not miss a shot. Literally. Uh, anyway, carry on. They don't, Old Dominion is not going to do that, I hear. Old Dominion is not going to do that. They average on the season less than 30% from three, 29.8. That's 321st oh. on the country. The whole season? The whole season. So we're not Whoa. talking about a small sample size. Yes. No, this is not a small sample size. Also not a small sample size. Their best three-point shooter is Malik Curry, probably their best player on their team, or one of them at least. He shoots... 33%. So it's not like there's one guy even and the rest of the team just sucks from three. Just all of them are average to below average. I'm more scared of playing a team like Marshall or North Texas or insert third team here that can has proven themselves able to blow up from three and just in one game end your season. And yeah. that's not what I see from Old Dominion. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to play them and I, <laughs> I would rather just be given the championship. But <laughs> In terms of, I, I think Tech is one of the better playing basketball teams in the conference right now, and yeah. Old Dominion is not as good as Tech. Yeah, and one thing I'm noticing about their depth chart here, their tallest player is six foot eight. Oh, that's Kung Fu Kenny going to eat. That's their center. So, yeah, that's exactly my thought. Now, now 
Kenneth Lofton is only six foot eight too, I think, but he has played a lot taller against a lot taller opponents. So, I mean, Kalu Ezekpe is their center uh, 55% of the time. He's six foot eight, 235. So, I mean, our boy, our boy Jr. is going to eat, right? Like literally eat this guy alive. So Old Dominion scares me because it's one of those teams where I'm like, what are they doing over there? I have no idea, right? Like I, I don't think about pizza? Yeah, right? Exactly. So, um, but with that being said, it's not like it's a, an FIU situation where they haven't beaten a good team. They have beaten a good team several times this year. And so it's it's a little scary because they are that unknown quantity to us. But uh, by the way, the, the semifinal game would be at 2 p.m. on Friday, which is makes me mad on CBS Sports mm-hmm. Network. Um, because I won't be able to watch it because I have a job that requires me to actually do my job now. Same. Um, so that kind of sucks. But yep. if we make it to the finals, it'll be 8 p.m. on Saturday night on CBS Sports Network. And just to put this out there so that we have to do it, if we make the finals, at least Nathan and I will record on Friday night and we'll do a preview of the game. Uh, kind of an emergency pod that should be out Saturday morning for you to listen to if if that happens. I will definitely not be on that pod. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, since January, since that loss to UTEP, we are like, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're eight and one in conference with the one loss being at North Texas. Yeah. And it's not like we've been playing only bad teams since then either. So I, I don't know. It feels like Feels like a good time to be going into the conference tournament. It, it definitely does. I think Louisiana Tech is playing some of the best basketball probably in the country. They wouldn't be able to beat Gonzaga, but they're playing like a tournament team. Wow, that's you. that's a far cry from your Tess from your you. talk last week, Nathan. I'm saying I know I'm saying we would beat Gonzaga. I don't think we're as good as Gonzaga. Oh, okay. So so like one in a one game. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we yeah, would sample beat them. size. Yeah, yeah. But before we make our predictions and everything, let's talk about the women's side of the tournament. Because that's also happening. Uh, the Texters don't have a first round bye like the men do, but they do not have to play in the preliminary round. So they still aren't playing until Wednesday. They'll match up against Marshall at 2 p.m. Central. This one is on ESPN+. Winner of that game plays Middle Tennessee. And then the winner of that probably plays UTEP. And the winner of that probably plays Rice in the final on Saturday. We'll have to see how that goes. But to to jump back to it though, Tech plays Marshall first on Wednesday. Yeah, so so we did play Marshall earlier in the season. We opened up on the road against them. We won the first game sixty-one to fifty-one, and then lost the second game sixty-one to fifty-seven. So I'm not really sure. Like most Texters, things it's like I don't know what to make of that. Right? I mean, one game you win going away, and the other game is is a pretty close loss this time. So at least it's not like a twenty point win and a twenty five point loss or something. But last year the Texters did beat a higher seed in the opening round, the only round of the CUSA tournament. So maybe you know the stores are good conference tournament coaches. I don't know. But if we win this game, we will face the number one from the East, MTSU. Um, who we did not play because of the cancellations due to the winter storm. So hard to say for sure, but MTSU is good at women's basketball lately. So uh, how how far, what do you guys think? How far can the Texas make it in the tournament? Ooh, I think the Texas can win one game. They'll beat Marshall uh, and they'll get some hype going and they'll they'll start feeling themselves. And 
they'll go one and one in the tournament. They'll win against Marshall uh, Wednesday and they'll uh, beat them and they'll they'll feel pretty good. But uh, man, I love the Texers. I want the Texans to be great so bad, but I still don't think this is a team yet. I still don't think this is the Texas team we've been waiting on for, I don't know how long, 10 years now between the three of us. Yeah. 2010 was the last time they were in the NCAA tournament, I yeah. believe. I think they'll win one game. Uh, they'll beat Marshall and then they'll go ahead and uh, lose to MTSU. Now I would be very happy and very like pleasantly surprised if they beat MTSU. But uh, I think this is a one in one kind of situation. In the tournament. I don't think this team is quite there yet. Yeah. I have a similar answer. I think we beat Marshall. I think we actually beat Middle Tennessee. I think we shock that and then think, oh, we're on the fast track to winning the whole thing. And then we lose to wh- whoever we face. But it would be kind of laughable if it's UAB. Because <laughs> oh, UAB is playing in that preliminary play-in game. I say if we if we can make it past Marshall and te- uh, Middle Tennessee, if we play UAB, we're stomping them again, though. Then again, y'all know how it is how hard to beat a team three times in a season. So I've made know. that joke already. Hey, calm, calm down, Josh. Calm down. Damn it. Um, don't make me tackle your old quarterback. Don't make me tackle your old quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We could face UAB again, potentially, but it would be a yeah. long road to get there. I think Josh is spot on. I think we beat Marshall. Us beating UAB last year, UAB was a lot better uh, team last year than they were this year. So us beating them last year in the opening round of the tournament is giving me a little bit of hope that, you know, and we are the four seed, they're the five. So, you know, I I think that the Texers are better this year, but they're not good enough. They're not consistent enough to win. What is that? Four games they'd have to win to become champions. So um, I think one and one is probably my guess. Um, and I think you're right, Nathan. If we do happen to knock off Middle Tennessee, we would drop the next game, no matter who it is. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, we're here. We beat Middle Tennessee by 10 points. Then we lose to whoever the next game is by like 25. That's, yep. that's the Texters yep. this year and really every year for the last five or six uh, years. So, um, that's where I'm at with them. I hope next year we can build um, off of the successes of this season, but we'll talk about that previewing next season, whenever that happens. So. Hopefully on Friday night, though, we're previewing um, two games. Texas and uh, Bulldogs, yeah. We have, a, we have a double emergency pod. That would be great. I might hop on for that and then call real quick. <laughs> yeah, and then one last thing. I wanted to give an update on the softball texters um, before we do our overall predictions. Tech started out the week by losing at Southeastern, but then came home to open up the uh, Dr. Billy Bundrick field in the La Tech Invitational, which we won our two games against Tarleton State and then lost our two games against Baylor, including oh. a pretty close call in the second game. Tech was down three to two, had runners in, on second and third, and a, a ball went straight to the third base woman, I suppose, uh, straight to third base and like right on the line, and the third baseman bobbled it. And so the runner at third scores. But then the umpire called it foul, and there's no replay. Uh, the very next pitch, the batter struck out. So I felt bad because it was like, man, we probably just tied the game, but you called maybe a fair ball foul. But it was it was close to the line, but it was like one of those things where it's like, I think I know the rule, but maybe I don't. All I have to say is uh, this explains why I saw a bunch of Baylor people out at Portico last night when I was picking up dinner. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's all that, I got. That explains it. Yep. All right. So overall predictions. I don't know how we do this because we've got conference tournament, but why don't we just break it down by like sport? Yeah. So baseball 
in the four games, how do you think Tech will do? And then how far will the men get in the tournament? And okay. who wins the tournament? Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yep. I'll go first. I'll say I'll say Tech beats ULM, and then I'm going to say we get one of the three against Arkansas. I want more. I would love to win the series. Or I mean, shit, if we could sweep Arkansas at home and be 9-0, and oh, my God. Um, but I, I'm going to say 2-2 two and two on the week with two losses to Arkansas. I'll say we win the Saturday game. And so what? what's next basketball? Whew, man. I'm going to say 3-0 and oh and we win it, man. Hell yeah, I'm here it for that. Feels like, it feels like our time, right? And uh, we could easily lose the first game too, right? But it's it just feels like we're hitting our stride finally at the right moment. Um, so I'm gonna go. I guess that's five and two, and then the women. I said one and one, so that's six and three, I believe. Overall, is my prediction. Josh, what do you think? So I'm yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go the same way as Evan on the baseball game. Let's say we go two and two, and uh, we win the ULM game and the Saturday game. Okay. So two and two. Uh, I say the men's team goes to the final of this USA tournament, but loses in the final to Western Kentucky, where Charles Bassey plays like the NBA prospect he is. So that puts us to what? That's mm. what two and one for that. Is it close? I want to say it's close, but between late foul shenanigans between you know tech trying to get it close uh they win by eight uh are we doing the women's game too i think we already kind of said with how far we thought that would go yeah yeah i I say one and one so that puts me at five and four okay all right let's do baseball first ulm that's a win come on really come on (laughs) arkansas here's the thing tech has played great teams so far they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat and have lost the teams that have been question marks and so I'm really nervous about this Arkansas series. Even if they weren't number one, if they were number 25, I would be worried about it. But I think that's a, a fire to light under the team's butts collectively that they've played good against these bad teams, but not against these good teams. So I think that Tech is able to take two away from Arkansas. I think even the first two, and I think we are in position for a sweep in the third game, but lose it. Go, going to basketball, I, I will keep, keep my optimism going. Tech is the best team in basketball, best team in Conference USA basketball Woo! right now. Tech is the best team in Conference USA in basketball right now. Western Kentucky's kind of limping to the, the finish line here. They're a good team. Tech probably faces them in the championship, but Tech has beaten everybody they're supposed to beat. They've only had one W2F game on the season, really. And they're going into the tournament led by a bunch of seniors and a bunch of fresh legs, a good balance. I think. I legitimately expect Tech to win the championship this year. Like, oh, I predict, let's go. Not just predict it. I expect it this year. I expect Woo. it. Oh, man. That makes me uncomfortable to hear out loud. <laughs> hey, no, yeah, absolutely. Speak it I, into existence. Manifest. I mean, shit, I just predicted it too, but I'm just like, oh, man. I don't want to tempt fate by saying I expect it. I mean, I shit. Mean, I mean, there's so much randomness, so much chance that goes in to sports in general when you're talking about two teams playing one game against each other, that if they're close to similar, then it could go either way. It's it's very real that tech could not win. Very possible. Tech could lose the first game. Like you mentioned earlier, but tech is playing the best basketball in the conference going into the tournament. The right players are getting hot. Lofton's better than he was when he played Marshall better than he was when he played Western Kentucky it's been a week. It's, he's better than he's been when he played UAB. Kong, Pow, Kenny. I mean, there is no, there is no reason. To you're right about all of that. Tournament. You're right. There is no absolute, reason. There's no reason, man. I, oh, I, I'm I, with I, the hype. I'm with the hype. 
I want to be with the hype so bad, but I'm just, you know. Kung Pao Kitty's going to take us to the big dance for the first time in a million years. Fucking 2013 whack tournament just has me all and feeling all kinds it's, of ways. It's not right 2013. Now. Oh man, We're 2013. Tech is uh, winning the conference. Me, me and Nathan have 2014. 2015, we could go on and on. Me and Nathan were there but for it's all not, of it. But it's not those years. But it's not those years! 2014 El Paso, that championship game was played at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever. We we're in a time zone thing. The, the rigging after, us. Rigging us! The morning after that Tech had just played the previous night late at night, that sucked. Here, between the semifinal and the final, there's time to rest. Yeah, finally. All the 8 p.m. start time for the championship game, I was like... What a fair, like an actual start time? What the hell is happening? Kenneth yeah, I, carry us to the big dance. I believe it now. I believe it. Tech is winning the championship. Book it. Don't bet on it because then it won't happen. But Tech is winning. Anyway, Nathan, Nathan, bet your new mortgage on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you're going eight and two this week, then. That's yeah. That's let's go. go. All right. Let's I go. Mean, ten and zero. Oh, ten and zero. Oh, ten and zero. Oh. Anyway. One last thing to do before we wrap up the show. That's the tweet of the week. This week's tweet of the week goes to LaTeX BSB, LaTeX Baseball, the Diamond Dogs, for their tweet about the new hit-by-pitch king. Congrats to Parker Bates for rewriting the LaTeX record books after recording <laughs> the 34th hit-by-pitch of his career in the first inning. I just love this graphic. Someone had to put together a graphic of, of Parker Bates getting hit-by-pitch. It's it's just he signs it to his signatures on the graph. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's such a professional graphic, but it's like a tweet that we would do. So um, I, I want to give a shout out to Andrew Goodwin, who I think used to be the tech uh, assistant director of communications or something with the with the athletics department, um, because he quote tweeted this tweet and said one of the biggest disappointments for my 2020 was not being able to use this graphic. But he was glad that. Tyler Hotz, who I guess is the new guy in this position, um, used it this year to celebrate Parker Bates. So, so yeah, shout out to both those guys for uh, for keeping some silliness in the official baseball team graphics. So they get Tweet of the Week this week for sure. Also, my favorite thing about the graphic is the bottom right photo for Parker Bates. You should really take a look. I can't tell if he's screaming because he's excited or screaming because it really hurts to get hit by 34 pitches. It probably hurts to get hit by 34 pitches. <laughs> but that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where there are some posts, including some from two years ago, about how Tech was able to get hit by pitch a lot. But also the baseball contest, that's weekly, and hopefully you can get your answers in before first pitch, what would be tonight by the time the show comes out against ULM to get all five points for the week. But that's at gtpdd.dog. That's .dog. Until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Ryan Mallet. I, I mean, Peyton Pallet. I, wait, no, I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and go tech <laughs> please don't die Peyton Pally <laughs>
won the Western Division, right? Alexa, play hard to be humble. <laughs> and That's suddenly cool. people who are listening over speakers next to Alexa's are, I'm not sure if Alexa would even know what to do with that. But Hey, Google, play hard to be humble. <laughs> there you go. That one's smarter. Hey, Google, yeah. stop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did it actually play the right song? I didn't let it finish. Okay. Like most women. Bow! <laughs> <laughs>